Hey, welcome to The Weekly, where we connect our weekend services to your real life lived Monday through Friday. I get to be one of your hosts, Thomas, with my good friend, Jay Ewing. Thomas, hey, hey, hey. Jay, I have a question to ask you. Hey, but before we get there. No, 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 no there no. be nothing in between we, this important question. We have to talk about what's happening at Calvary in this Doesn't spring. matter. What All that matters is my question. All right. All that matters. This should be intro. This is a very interesting intro, by the way. <laughs> and here we go. I want to know if if our viewers would like for us to have a, a podcast episode with our wives. We're both oh, named Kristen. Yeah. And we could ask lots of like marital questions. It'd be kind of like off our normal beat. Yeah, it would be off our normal beat. But they could come in and tell you like the real true story of who we are. Yeah, they they really know us. So All right, so if you'd be interested in a podcast episode <laughs> where both of our wives, Kristen and Kristen, I N and E N, yes, are are on the podcast, send in a yes vote to the weekly at calvarybible.com. If you don't want to hear that, just don't send an email. <laughs> <laughs> This is what happens when we don't have a guest on the podcast. Maybe actually, I get hijacked into these random let's let's reverse episodes. that. I feel like I just fleeced the Lord wrong. Yes. So if you don't want to hear that, yes. send in a no Definitely. email. If you want to hear that, your silence will be heard. What will it take to get our wives in this room though? Mine would be pretty reluctant to jump on air with I don't us. I know. I asked Kristen if if she likes the <laughs> weekly podcast and she says she watches it all the time. <laughs> I was like, babe, it's not on video. Oh, I must be watching something else. <laughs> it's it's true, but they they probably get fatigued of listening to their husbands talk in public. You would think, yeah. right? Yeah. There's so many years of it. I know. And, you know, I get home at night and I just want to share my feelings and talk about my day. And, right. you know, it's just want to listen. Yeah, totally. No, she's the best. All right. So there are some things coming up at Calvary. Yeah, there are things coming up to Calvary. If you go to calvarybible.com slash events, you can find out what's going on. One of the most important things that are, is happening recently, new, is March 7th, Easter sign-ups start or open. That's next Ooh. Sunday, March 7th. And they're in person and online. So go to the service times, go to your campus, click there, learn what is happening at your campus on Easter Sunday. And the sooner you tell us, the better prepared we will be in providing everyone a chance to hear the gospel this Easter Sunday. So if you do do us a big solid and get to the uh, calvarybible.com slash events and register for Easter Sunday, that would help us out tremendously. All right. Also, guess what's happening very soon on spring break. Can you believe it's spring break again? I think it happens every year around the spring. Around the springtime. Hey, spring is right around the corner. Actually, did you know that, uh, Daylight saving time is about to happen in like two weeks. I hope so, because I go into like a seasonal depression when right. it's it dark at noon. <laughs> it doesn't get dark at noon in Colorado, my yeah, friend. it feels like it. It does feel like it. But the days are getting longer, so that's actually happening. But this spring break, high school is doing a high school local retreat. So you want to go to calvarybible.com. If you have a high school student, get them plugged in about the high school local retreat here on the Erie campus. It's going to be every campus is going to gather here on the Erie campus for a few days, like four days, which is going to be a great time for them to spend together, spend with the Lord and get really refreshed to finish out their school year. Well, this is a really tough year. That's going to be a great place for your high school student to find community. Go to calvarybible.com slash events Click on high school local retreat there and find out the details. Okay, I'm done.
Well, that's, that's a lot, but it's a lot that's happening. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great things happening at Calvary. We just had the uh, middle school retreat just yep. last weekend. There was over 85 students here on the Erie campus Whoa. from all three campuses. How cool is that? It's very cool. Oh, man. Imagine how smelly this building was on Friday night. Mm. <laughs> middle school boys. Mm. 85 running middle around. schoolers running around. Yeah, <sighs> having a blast, but smelly. <laughs> That's good. Hey, we were all middle schoolers at one time. We can all have sympathy. I think it was in middle school. Here's a personal story. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you, we need a guest. <laughs> we're not going to get hijacked. <laughs> I think it was middle school when someone addressed me about like how bad I smelled. And that's like when I began wearing deodorant. Yeah. Was it middle school for you? No, it was elementary school. Was it? I remember it was, being like, you stink. And I was like all embarrassed and had to go home and found there was like sweat marks in my sweater vest or something. <laughs> oh, gosh. It was specifically my mom took me to Drug Emporium on a Saturday in fifth grade and said, Jay, you're starting to stink. It's fine. Use some deodorant. Really? Yeah. Thanks, mom. <laughs> Thanks, the mom. showers aren't cutting it. No, the showers are not yeah. cutting it. Yeah. So my mom was kind like that. She That's, she sort of cut that off before it was. That's yeah, good. Yeah, Otherwise, like publicly embarrassing. But, you know, sometimes like my public embarrassing moments yeah. are like what really have shaped me. <laughs> talk about that like, how does that make you feel thomas you know it's probably shaped me to the sarcastic person i am today <laughs> that's right that's right hey middle school i arrived because i was wearing baggy shorts looney tune t-shirts and mm. playing hacky sack with that group imagine yeah. how cool i was back in middle school dude you sound like the coolest <laughs> <laughs> oh it's skater shoes like oh man painful oh. painful painful it's okay okay so if you vote at <laughs> counterbible at counterbible.com whatever it is the weekly, the weekly at calvarybible.com. Yeah. The weekly. We will reply with a picture of Jay. No, I don't have that. No. <laughs> no. Those were some tough years, man. Like <laughs> Those were some tough years. <laughs> I yeah, I peaked in fifth in fifth grade. We Pe- talked about this. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, yeah. That was I, your like climax of life. Yeah. The two girls fighting over me at the summer pool was the best it ever got. Did you have like a Twinkies or like a did you have like snacks? No, it was just amazing, man. All day long, while I went down the slide and jumped off the diving board, yeah. they fought over me. Wow. I know. What a moment. What a moment. <laughs> and then middle school hit, and I was in Looney Tune t-shirts and yeah. skater shoes and playing hockey sack. <laughs> what could go wrong? Oh, that's what could great. go wrong? Hey, okay, for the purpose of this podcast, for the weekly, we had something really, really cool happen at Calvary. Um, so if you want to go online, listen to Tom's message. Here on the Erie campus, as someone said in my home group, I have to give them full credit. So my home group friend, Bethany, said this. Thomas gave the State of the Union address. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Which is so good. It's so good. But why, Why for the purposes of this podcast, why do we pause occasionally throughout the year and talk about sort of the, the mission and vision of Calvary? All right. So all cards on the table. The, a couple times a year, we talk about our mission, vision, and values. And that's not like the, you know, Peter Drucker, John Maxwell, like, oh, vision casting. Right. Just to remind people and then to share with people who we are as a church, like what values, what shaping values guide us, what what are we passionate about, what are we committed to, what are we unswervingly, you know, enthusiastic about. Right. So I, I don't always get as excited to give those. I just get really excited to preach the Bible right. and talk about spiritual things and talk about formational matters. 
So between the last series of the I Am and the new series that's beginning Battle Ready in the spiritual battle of Ephesians 6, we just paused for an intentional week to speak to everybody about who Calvary is, our commitments, shaping values, vision. And it was good. I think it's, it's always helpful. What I heard from a lot of new families this last weekend is it's clarifying what, what drives Calvary and why you guys make decisions that you do and what leads to those decisions. So in that sense, I'm always thankful to give it. Right. And unlike some organizations, this organization is committed to those mission and vision. And behind the scenes as a pastor here, as someone who helps produce these programs and these moments for people to get in groups and things like that, we actually care a lot about our mission and vision and our decisions are made upon those mission and vision. And we hold them um, extremely tightly to why we do what we do. And some organizations have great ones, but they never really follow them. I think one of the things that I appreciate about Calvary is the clarity of our purpose. You know, and some people might say, well, that's not really the purpose I'm looking for in a church. And that's fine. This is what God has called this set of people in Boulder and Erie and Thornton. Um, and as the the history movie says, and beyond, to as a people of God in this culture and the place we live. Yeah, we're not trying to say that this is the the purest way right. to do church. Right. We're trying to say from when we open up the Bible and we read where it is written, God's commissioning to his church, we see that this is our guiding principles. So I'd like to unpack them for a little bit for our listeners if maybe they missed the weekend or answer some more questions about it. Yeah, can we jump into actually the scripture that you were in specifically on the Erie campus about how to communicate these shaping values found in 2 Corinthians? Yeah, I mean, we could jump into the shaping values and mission statement from a lot of different scriptures. Right. This weekend, we did it intentionally from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, primarily verses 3 through 7, just because we had come through this last season with a lot of challenges and the unique hardships that each of us have been in really give us a unique qualification to then turn around and bless people this next year with our own learnings, our own comforts that we have received from God. And so we just used that text to jump into, you know, our mission, vision, and values. But we could jump in from a lot of texts. Right. We just happened to use Second Corinthians. Yeah, Second Corinthians. Yeah, which was really great. It actually caught my attention because I didn't expect you to go there from the beginning. And yeah. I was like, oh, cool. We're in a new text when we Talk about the mission and vision of Calvary. Yeah, usually when you're talking about disciple making, you're like, oh, Matthew 28, right. Acts 1, you know. But I think this is important to discipleship is what do we do with our pains and struggles for the sake of the body? Yeah, for those who miss maybe this weekend's message or are going to catch up after the weekly, where were we and why did we go to Second Corinthians 1 and sort of explain what Paul was doing there? Yeah, I'll, I'll read two verses from it. So Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So first and foremost, it just starts and is rooted in who is God. So there's three titles given to who God is that we could recognize that he is the Lord of our He's the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he is the father of the one who is the suffering servant. So he's familiar with all of our pain and sufferings from a fatherly perspective. Then he's the the father of all mercies. 
So mercies is getting what we don't deserve. And God is the one that like lavishes mercy on us that we don't stand before him and get what we do deserve. And then third, here's this title of he's the God of all comforts, that if we receive comfort in the midst of afflictions or or troubles, that that's from God. God is the one who draws near, who comforts us. But there's this big so that. So God comforts us. God extends mercy to us. God has given us Jesus, not so that we would be comfortable, but that we would be comforters with the comforts that we have received. Yeah, if you think about the people that you live, work, and play around here, and the people of God at Calvary who are being comforted um, by God, there's a lot of people that need that comfort. Um, the, those that we love, that we work with, that we we go to the grocery store with. And that's really important for us. To, it's not about us when, when God comforts us. It is about us because he cares so much for us, but it's beyond that. Yeah, it takes our present circumstances, like you're saying, Jay, our hardships, and then gives them even more purpose, like makes them even more missional. And when we talk about being ministers at Calvary, we talk about every member's a minister, right? We don't we don't hire ministers. We empower ministers. And so we talked about Sundays like a staff meeting, welcome to staff meeting, family conversation. We're about to be deployed back into ministry. And so one of the ways that we have to view ourselves as we've been resourced with God's comfort through our troubles that uniquely qualifies us to step back into those areas of where we work, live, and play to extend comforts to people who are also going through similar trials and, and struggles. Yeah, in my own story, I can say that there's been times when I have gone through a lot of hardships and disappointments and been comforted by the Lord, but the Lord uses those for other people's stories all over the map and in unusual places, right? And he connects the dots to order to bring comfort to others, obviously. Yeah, and you talk about this a lot, Jay, being over community life, but isn't this why it's so important to be in community? Yeah, it's to be not only that people can know you, but you can be known, you can share your burdens, and then usually your community has something to say about what your present circumstances are. There's usually someone in that group that God has ordained in that group to put you so that they can comfort you and they can point you to Christ and how to get out of that season. It happens all the time. It really does. You're like, these two people are very opposite, but they have similar stories, and then God uses them in whatever circumstances that individual finds himself for his glory, it happens. And that's one of the most beautiful things about community. Yeah, what's one of your first questions that you'll ask somebody when they come to you and they're like, Pastor, I need you to come help me with this trouble. I have this problem in my life. What's one of the first questions you ask them? Yeah, are you in a community, and where are you known? Yeah. Because that's where you need to show up first. Yep. And then what happens when they say, yes, I'm in a small group, and you say, did you let them know about this struggle? And they're like, oh, no, I wouldn't tell those people these things. Yeah, then you're <laughs> you're in the wrong group. Yeah. And, or you're in a season where that group is getting to be known or knowing each other, and so you might be the first one to have to break that ceiling of be letting someone know you. Um, in that group through that and you know that's scary that's it feels dangerous it feels unknown but I can't tell you how often that when I say something to my my home group my present home group and say something that's going on in my life like how freeing it is for someone else to receive that and to know it you know and you know 
I know that everyone's all over the map when it comes to letting people into their lives. We're Americans. We're very private. We don't want people to know our business as much as other communities and other cultures, but it helps. And it's an invitation from the Lord to trust him, to trust the community, and for a community to really listen, care, and help someone through a season. Yeah, you know, that the weekend gathering is so important for the congregation to be praising God, to be corporately worshiping, corporately praying, corporately hearing God's word, fasting together, all these practices. Right. But there is kind of a, a way that it looks a little too polished, and people look prim and proper, and like they have all their life together, when we all know like you were just fighting with someone <laughs> in the minivan yeah. to get here to church. Right. And that's why it's so important to realize our weekend gathering does not substitute for people's needs, for my needs to be known, authentic, genuine in a small community. Right. And sometimes Sunday's not the appropriate time to share that either. It's a time for the larger group to worship the Lord, to gather around the Lord, to hear from the Lord, and then take whatever he's asking you to do into your community and share what that is because it gives you time to process. It tends to sometimes you're an audible processor. You will say things out loud that you don't mean, but you need to say a bunch of things out to or actually land the plane. And sometimes you're internal and processor. So you've been chewing on it. Your teeth are grinding, you know, all those type of things before you say what you need to say. And a community is really important for that. Yeah. So, that's what the text we were in is this so that text of God, who he is, is the God of our Lord Jesus, the Father of mercies, the God of all comforts, who is so kind, who is so present, who is powerful to comfort us in our own afflictions and troubles, so that you would be uniquely qualified and resourced to be released as a minister and care for people who are going through similar trials and just challenging people. Okay, so what unique trials did you go through in the last year? Financial, marital, um, relational, relational, emotional. Yeah, work. Yeah, you can turn around and say, oh my God, I've been there before. Yeah, I can help another person yep. through that. God does not waste a day or a story. That's one of the things I think is really pressing upon me these days is like, God does not waste any moment in your life. And all of it can turn back to him and he can use for his glory. And so no matter where you find yourself, hopeless and despair, know that God can use your story for for his glory. And, and that's really where we turn the corner, looking at Paul's afflictions in Asia, saying these are real. I mean, he despised of life itself. But he says the lesson that he learned was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So it's to help us realize that in our afflictions and troubles, we don't rely on our own strength. In our ministry challenges, we don't rely on our own skills, but that we rely on God who is all-powerful. I mean, he's the one that can raise the dead. Of course he can take us through and guide us through and carry us through these current troubles. Right. And so that's where we shifted to talk about our mission statement, our vision and values to say, see, these are all rooted in God being the, the power source. Like we're not gathering as a church in our own cleverness around this amazing, captivating speaker with this really you know, vibrant personality. No, we're gathering around the power of Jesus Christ and allowing him to carry us through in the ministry. Yeah, one of the most powerful things I heard um, in my lifetime was I went to a Bible college. The president of the Bible, the founder of the Bible college used to say, if Jesus is not the center of this Bible college, I'll be the first one to light the match and burn it down. 
And I think that's really true for us here at Calvary. You know, um, if Jesus is not the center, if he's not the source, if he's not the guide, if he's not the head of this church, then what are we doing? You know what I mean? That we're, we're in for folly. We're in for disaster if that's not the case. Yeah, because every community, right, is gathered around something. It's centered around something. That's what draws a community together. Um, if you're a, a CrossFit community, there's a centerpiece of fitness, health, comp- I don't know what it, right. how they describe it, but there is a centerpiece that draws people together. And so what would the church gather around if Jesus is the head of the church, the centerpiece of the church? What would they gather around? That would be life-giving if it wasn't him. Yeah, that's right. And we, we all have stories where we can see the church get squirrely when it stops making Christ the center. Yeah, And it doesn't take long to read your Bible to know even from the people of God in the Old Testament, when they stop making God the center, trusting his voice, trusting they get squirrely and yeah. things go disastrous. That's a good point. Because you think about um, the longer a group of people gather, the longer an organization exists, the longer a church is planted, the more temptation it is to turn internal right. and resources to become internal and people's preferences to become elevated as opposed to, wait a minute, why, what, what gathered us in the first place? Oh, yeah, God built his temple here, and we were worshiping him. What are these Asherah poles doing here? Right, right. Like, tear those down. Who, who let the mission get off, off course? Right. Who, it's, the crazy story is when they find the, the scrolls of the Old Testament in the closet as they're cleaning out the temple, and you're like, how did you get there? Yeah. Like, who put the Bible in the closet and then forgot about it, and you— it took another generation to clean this thing out to say, hey, this is the word of God. What should we do with it? <laughs> you're like, wow. But you realize the longer you're in your Christian faith, you can see how that could happen when you when you lose the center of Christ being everything. Yeah. So It's a drift, really right? I mean, it's a it's, drift. I don't think they put the, the Bible in there, the scrolls. Yeah, the scrolls. Yeah. yeah. The Torah. The, it, you know, day one. Right. It was, it was probably the natural conclusion of decisions that have been made over years. Right, totally. And, you know, it's that illustration that you've heard probably plenty too many times, but it's like if you're one degree off a compass, if you go like 100 yards, you're going to get to your destination. But if you have to walk 200 miles and you're a degree off your compass, you're going to be in a different location, like a completely different state. Yeah. And so the whole thing is that Christ has to be the center. And if Calvary's not that place for you, we encourage you to find a church that has Christ as the center because, and if that's a better fit, that's a better fit because Christ has to be the center of Calvary. It has to be the center of the, your worship experience. Yeah, it's Christ-centered. We're not Calvary-centric. Right, totally. So. Okay, so one of the things I think was really important for all of us, and you know, we haven't talked a lot about this um, in the recent days, but the shaping values of Calvary are really important. And we say shaping values, think marks of a disciple, someone who follows Jesus. These are the things we want them in their flow of life. And these are um, living under the biblical authority, living under the Bible's authority, I should say. I should actually read them. (laughs) Living under the Bible's authority, devoted in prayer, loving one another, pursuing holiness, sharing the gospel, and growing in generosity are the shaping values here at Calvary. So as we think about those shaping values, Thomas, what do you think the ones that we're really good at 
And what are some of the ones that we need to work on as a, as a church, or maybe this will be the next season we'll be focused on? Two things I would, I would just put out in the front is, one, all of these are spirit-filled. Mm. You know, you didn't necessarily That's hit right. spirit in the shaping value because it's, it's in each one. Like, I can't do any of these things on my own strength. Right. So spirit-filled values. This isn't everything a Christian would do. These are kind of those compass, north, you know, north star type stuff. And the other thing I would make mention of is none of them have the sense of having arrived. Mm-hmm. Like you don't acquire these things. You're pursuing these things. You're actively doing, participating, um, growing in these things. And so this is a lifelong pursuit. It's a formational life that we're looking for. And so it's these are marks of disciples that are filled with the Spirit, that are being formed into these values. So which ones are we really good at? Is that what you asked? Or which yeah. ones do we struggle with? I think one of the ones, I'll probably lead you in this question, yeah. This that question, because I love how you talk about generosity at Calvary. When you say, um, you know, if you're new to Calvary or haven't been around long enough, I want you to know that the person, people sitting next to you are some of the most generous people you've ever known. I think we're really good at that. Um, and that's not to give ourselves a pat on the back. That's just to say, these are things that we have seen in our ministry time at Calvary to be true. And we generosity is one of those. Yeah, and when we say growing in generosity, we mean the generosity of our full life. So we're yeah. using the, the talents that we have. We're taking time out of our calendars to be with people who are in need. Yeah, we're leveraging our financial resources, but we're also leveraging other resources. I think about, you know, the hundreds of families that opened their home this last season and hosted home churches. Right. That's being generous with the home that God has given you. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely those those financial generosity pieces are there. And I think that the piece I'm talking about with Calvary specifically is they have a heart to grow in it. Yeah. That it's not just, okay, what's the bottom line of how much time do you want? And then I can click the serve box or what dollar amount are you looking for? I'm just going to check the dollar box. It's okay, Lord, how do I continue to grow? Because every good and perfect gift is from you, including how you've wired me, the experiences you've given me. That's where it comes out of the second Corinthians passage, the unique comforts you've bestowed on me. How do I generously flow those as a conduit of your blessings and not a container of them? Right. So yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. And another one, you know, it's in our namesake, Calvary Bible Church is living under the Bible's authority. I think over the 133 years now, we've been at Calvary. Calvary's existed. I, I haven't been here for 133. Well, but yeah, but I'm saying I'm the scared. Bible has been the centerpiece yeah. of who we are and what we're doing. And the, the expression of how we live out our faith towards Jesus yeah. has been rooted in the scriptures. All right, would you agree with this, Jay? Everybody has to live under some authority. And some people are an authority unto themselves. Yeah, totally. And then would you agree with this, that the reason we select the Bible as the authority is because really it's the reflection of God being the authority. And because God's authoritative in our life, his spoken word is the authoritative instrument. Yeah, and like the scriptures say, they are spirit-breathed. They're breathed out from God himself to us. Yeah. And everything, yeah, so to be believed, yes, and to be followed. Right. So that's what it means to live under the Bible's authority, is to not just know it, but to follow it. Right. And if you, and like, we're going back to the Old Testament again. I thought about this during your sermon, but like the people of God, when they got squirrely, 
it's usually because they became outside of the authority of the scriptures. They stopped living, living in God's laws, commands, and obeying. And Jesus talks a lot about that. I'm in Luke right now in my own personal life, and there's a lot of words about obedience that he wants to stress to us about when we obey Jesus, not out of duty, not of obligation, but out of love. The best life possible can happen. And you want to live the best life possible? Then put yourselves under the authority of the scriptures in which God has spoken to us exactly the ingredients for the best lived life. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't mean the easiest. Doesn't mean easiest. Free. No. We're talking ultimate freedom. Ultimate freedom, ultimate joy, ultimate, ultimate where you find your comfort is in the scriptures because that is where you meet God. Okay, so answering questions of maybe one thing that we haven't always been at the forefront but it's a value of ours. And I really feel like in the last decade, maybe two decades, Calvary has really take, taken more steps is in that devotion to prayer. Yeah. Saying, okay, hold on. Like we have to be tapped in to what God is doing, what God is leading, where God is going, not to rush ahead, not to fall behind. And in order to stay in step, it means that we have to be connected. Right. And, and that's the invitation for our listeners today is like, we need you to be praying. Absolutely. We need you to be devoted to prayer because we need unity in this season. We need um, great clarity and wisdom of these days that are lying ahead of us. So there in 2 Corinthians is where Paul calls his people to pray. So we didn't talk about this on Sunday, but I would just add it to uh, your awareness. Is In verse 11, he, Paul says to them, You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. So here's Paul saying, we've been through affliction, you've been through affliction. The God of all comfort has uniquely comforted us so that we can comfort others with that. And then, then to be a partner with us is be a prayerful partner. Be praying. Pray for us so that many people will be blessed with the ministries of Calvary Bible Church. That's right, man. As we close today, that's your invitation. We're asking from you is, hey, be praying with us. Pray for unity. Pray for wisdom. Pray for clarity of the gospel in this next season. And may we pray for the Spirit to be moving in powerful ways in our own hearts, with revival in our own hearts, for waking us up from sleep and slumber, and to also... Can I, and we'll be praying for you. Yeah. And there's ways that people can throw in their prayer requests. Go to calvarybible.com, fill out a prayer request that the staff and elders pray for every single week. Yeah, it might feel like a chore to go to calvarybible.com to fill out a prayer request, but you will be blessed knowing so many people are praying for you. Uh, I'm a blessed when I turn one in. You'll be blessed. So go to calvarybible.com and let us know how we can be praying. It's great. All right, my friends, see ya. Good luck uh, talking our wives into coming on the podcast. Oh, man, that's going to be great, depending on how people vote. <laughs> we look forward to hearing from you at theweekly at calvarybible.com. That's the email address, theweekly at calvarybible.com. We look forward to hearing from you. 